Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Triple Threat Podcast is live and jumping. We appreciate you guys joining us. I tell you every single week, and I'm going to keep saying it every single week. We appreciate everybody tuning in, man, checking us out. Uh, obviously, we are uh, extremely humbled that you guys take the chance to listen to us here on the Triple Threat Podcast. I am your boy, DJ Shockley. I got my dude, Scotty D. Scotty D, talk to the people what's happening. What's up, everybody? Are you on that Hawks high like I am? Yeah, you're on that high. You're on that oh, high yeah. show. Oh sure. yeah, I mean, hey man, a lot of people expect them Hawks to be where they at right now. Them Hawks is balling. Uh, as we sit here today, it is Wednesday. The Hawks play tonight versus the mm-hmm. Milwaukee Bucks. Nobody expected the Hawks to get out of that game seven on the road in Philly versus the top seed, and the Hawks did that. So big, big props to the Hawks, man. Big props to Ice Trey getting the game ready. Didn't have his best game, but he absolutely showed up in a time where they need him. So shout out to the Hawks, man. Shout out to the home team. We always going to be biased towards the home squad. We both from the ATL and represent the home team real strong, man. So shout out to the Hawks getting it done. Scotty D, mm-hmm. what kind of parties you been having, bro? Because I know you've been uh, been kind of getting to it when the Hawks been playing. So well, what kind of party you got playing for the night, I should say? I don't – you know, I don't have one yet because I'm playing golf. So oh, tomorrow. I'm, but you usually play golf like it, 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 late in the afternoon, though. Yeah, I'm going. I play twi- I'm playing Twilight tonight, so we'll have it, and then we'll go somewhere after after golf. But I haven't been sitting at home watching these on the couch, man. I've been going places, and Doing we've been part. We've been partying. Yeah, I mean, streets. Y'all yeah. see did in them streets, man. Y'all tell them buy you a drink. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, Trey Young didn't have didn't have the game. Uh, you know, a great game, but he still had 21 points because he got to the line. Right, yeah. nine of eleven right. from the line, and uh, I'm 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 a little more. I think the thing I'm most concerned about right now is Bogey. Um, you know, he was, yeah. yeah, he he's he's somebody that hurts. I hope you know we'll see if Cam Reddish. The news is Cam Reddish might be available tonight for you know a few minutes. But gosh, how much can he play? Right? Nah, I can't play too much. Now, nah. I mean, mm-hmm. I expect too much out of old Cam, who been out for a minute, man. So obviously, the big deal. Hawks got the big game tonight versus Milwaukee. Milwaukee had a crazy series of their own. Mm-hmm. Get away out of that one. I mean, that was tough. Brooklyn, my man KD gave him everything he had. Mm. Thought he had won the game. You look back, he had a foot on the line. But, man, Brooklyn would have been tough. KD was playing lights out. They probably would have got Kyrie back if they had a chance to play in these uh, Eastern Conference Finals. But uh, shout out to Milwaukee, man. Milwaukee's in it. Giannis, Middleton, uh, Drew Holiday, they they got a they got a nice group over there, man. It's a reason why they're in it right now. I think a lot of people are picking the Milwaukee Bucks. To not just get out of this series, but to win it all. So it's going to be fun to watch, man. Before we move on, I want to say our show is presented by Bet Online. Obviously, the month of June is heating up with tons of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. Visit the website today or use the mobile device to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip off, face off, or pitch, Head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Your online sportsbook expert at Bet Online. Scott, you got anything on this? Uh, I, I got the uh, yeah, I got plus eight and a half tonight. So I took the Hawks plus eight and a half. I think I so. That means you're taking the points that they're gonna cover by at least. Yeah. Eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Hey. I, I think that's a lot of points for the way that the you know the way this has been going. Scotty, let me tell you something. What I, I had going on this past weekend. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows the U.S. Open happened this weekend. I know we didn't even talk about it last week, man. 
Yeah, I had uh, three or four of my buddies we're on this text chain, my dude, they hit him up and say, hey, anybody want to get in on this U.S. Open? So we all picked somebody. Mm-hmm. Whoever had the highest finish, obviously, you win 50 bucks. But if your guy wins, it ups it to 100 bucks from four of the dudes. So guess what? Guess who I picked? Guess who your boy picked? John Rahm. John freaking Rahm. So and did y'all do it like, did y'all do it like draft style? So no, you couldn't pick the same person? Oh, yeah, you can't pick the same person. And what yeah. happens is they got to talking. I had to think about it. First guy, he said, oh, I want Brooks. Brooks don't, Brooks always show up in the in the, in mm-hmm. the majors, which he does. And well, I yeah. was nervous for a minute. He does. Uh, and then guess who my other guy took? Your guy. Uh, Shoffley? Yes. Xander? Yes, Xander. Yes, Xander was in it for a minute, too. Yeah. So They all kind of uh, well, just wilted, man. He's yeah, the only one that held on. I'm in I'm in a I'm in a golf pool and you pick tiered players so you, yeah. you can pick the same player but you pick six different tiers or actually 10 now and uh everybody picked everybody picked I don't like I don't I'm not crazy about it but uh everybody everybody picked John Rahm in their first tier and the big reason was what he had done 2 weeks prior being up six strokes and then getting yanked in the last round that is so heartbreaking but hey I bet I bet in in, in hindsight, all that bread back. You, in hindsight, like I bet he's like, that's cool. That's cool. I'm cool with that. He forgot about that by now. Man, that man took home 2.25. Got that U.S. got that major on his belt now. Now he's mm-hmm. in elite company. Like, he'll take that all day. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he could have won another 1.3, but he'll take that U.S. Open win all day yes. long. So, man, big shout to John Ron, man. Congratulations to him on that huge win coming from behind. And then that major putt he had on 17 and 18. Yep. Two monster putts, man. That's that's pretty cool. And you saw Louie go down there uh, towards the end right there, even though he made a birdie, but messed up on 17. That was not mm. good for him. All right, man, let's jump into the NBA Finals, man. Let's jump into the Western side, man. The Suns have taken a 2-0 lead on the Clippers. It's yeah. their ninth straight playoff win when they won last night 104 to 103 and they did it in unbelievable fashion DeAndre Aiden gets the alley-oop uh from Crowder with 0.9 seconds to go in the game and puts it in unbelievable uh game that was man you get a chance to watch that one last night Scotty D Uh, oh yeah oh yeah man and I tell you what it's a little late in the game I'm not going to get great great um odds on it but I think I might go on over to betonline.ag and put a little money on Phoenix to win it all because yeah, I don't I, I don't know that I see anybody beating them, especially that they're doing this without Chris Paul right now. No and, and I imagine he's probably going to be back soon. Yeah, they said they said they're hoping to get him back for game three, which would be even bigger for the Suns. As obviously, they did it without their floor general. Now they're up 2-0. They get Chris Paul back. Uh, guy who stepped up in his replacement was Cameron Payne, who had yeah. 29 last night. Had yeah. a career high. Dude was hooping. Uh, Booker obviously had 20 points at five assists, got hit in the nose by uh, the yeah. Nat himself, Patrick Beverly, all up in his stuff. Pat Beverly played good, man. He is a Nat on the defensive end. Yeah, Basically, he is. A couple big buckets down the line. But, and always uh, talking. He's always chirping. Always yapping. Whoever listening, players, refs, it don't matter. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Aiden ended the game with 24 points and 14 boards. Uh, Patrick uh, my man PG 13 had 26 points. Uh, but this is also the third time the Clippers have been down 2 0. Last mm-hmm. two series, obviously, they came back and won versus the Mavs mm-hmm. and the Jazz. You think they got any chance of coming back in this series? 
what's what's do you know uh, off the top of your head do you know Kawhi's status because they did I all know, that man. they did yeah, that with know. most of that with Kawhi. so true true true, facts, uh, true, true. I, I don't think so because i just think i think they're just getting to the point where you can't keep doing that man you can't you can't keep putting that stress on you saw paul george who i think is overrated i think you saw him brick two free throws late in the game that would have that could have oh, been man. big for them man you know, that so was that terrible. that was that's why they yeah. had a chance to win you're right they were I, up i think 102 I think he's a uh, he's definitely not a one, but if your one's out, he can put up some numbers, and that's what he's done. He's he's scored a lot with Kawhi being out, but he's definitely not a one. And I don't know that he's got. You can't be missing. He, he's a good free throw shooter. He's not a bad free throw shooter, and you can't just brick two free throws like that in crunch time, man. Trey yeah. Trey Young don't do that. But hey, oh, let me man. ask you let me ask you a question about that unbelievable inbound play. What was the most impressive part of it? Was that I'll give you three choices. Was it the play? So go, you know, give it to give it up to the coach. Was it DeAndre Ayton's playing it perfectly, being in the perfect spot, or was it the pass? I mean, the pass was a dime. You know what? I'll add another one to it, and I'll okay. say all the above plus the pick that Booker put oh, over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all right. The pick yeah. that Booker put on. I mean, <clears throat> I think I think all four of those are spot on because you think yeah. about it. If the ball doesn't get deflected out of bounds over there, they don't have time to draw up that play because they had to go and replay it. They didn't have any more timeouts. So that gave their coach time to go and draw up this play. You know what I mean? So they didn't have that time to draw up this play. You don't probably get that situation. And an unbelievable pass because you had Boogie Cousins right there in his face who's all of, you know, seven foot tall. So you had to Mm -hmm. throw the perfect pass. You had to get the perfect screen off uh, from Booker. And then Aiden had to catch it at the right time and right. put it in. It was an unbelievable sequence of plays that had to go down. And you're right, man. That was unbelievable. Uh, that last point nine seconds for the Suns to get that win, unbelievable. And big, big props to them, man. They get to, they go up two zero now. Uh, they get two now. They got to go to LA, and the Clippers got a, a tough road to overcome here and try to get back in this series, but they go home and see what happens. So anything is possible in these Western conference finals. All right, man, let's jump over. Obviously uh, I won't let you guys know. Hang on, man. We got a special guest today. My boy guy who I've known for many years, my man Takeo spikes is joining the triple threat podcast spikes. Obviously if you don't know, played at Auburn, played in the league for a number of years, all, you know, all pro, everything this guy does. A lot of good things in the community now. Uh, looking forward to talking to Spikes. We're going to get his take on a couple issues that's going around, like the 12 team playoff. I'm going to ask him uh, about that. I'm going to ask him about, uh, we talked about last week, Scotty D. I think college football is like the NFL. is a guy mm-hmm. who played in both. So it'd be interesting to see what his take is on it. And also ask him about this next particular subject is that came out this week, which is defensive end. Carl Nassib uh, from the Las Vegas Raiders uh, Mm -hmm. this week uh, through an Instagram uh, video made an announcement, um, and this is what he said. He said, I just wanted to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends at a job a guy could ask for. I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. I just think that the representation and visibility are so important. As part of his announcement, he pledged $100,000 to the Trevor Project, which is an organization that provides crisis and suicide prevention services 
to the LGBTQ plus community. And the NFL actually is matching that donation. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, who's, so, ma- who's matching that? The NFL. The NFL gotcha, is matching gotcha. his donation to it. Uh, obviously, a a situation that has probably <clears throat> been on the heart and the chest of, like you mentioned, of Carl Nassau for a very long time. I commend him for his birth for his courage to come out and, you know, just say, hey, this is what I got going on. and doesn't want to live kind of in the shadows anymore. When you when you saw the news of Carl, uh, initial reactions of seeing the video and also hearing what Carl had to say. Well, I'll be I'll be I'll be honest and bear myself a little bit and put myself out there for a little bit of criticism. My first thought was, I don't care. Who cares? He's great. Good for him. You know, it's it, right. but but I mean, I mean it to, to the point of it needs to stop being a thing. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I wish. So that, that was my initial response. And again, I, I understand that I could come, I could be criticized for that. And that's okay. I'm um, just being, just being honest. But the more I thought about it, um, the more, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him, you know, happy for him that, uh, that he, you know, that he's able to be himself and able to, you know, uh, not exposed, but he's able to to let himself be who he is, you know, and that's great. And, and but I think honestly, and I think this is a, a, it sounds like this is a main reason why he did it. Uh, he may help a lot of other people. Yeah, you know, a lot sure. of other people will no be. It, it's no it, it reminds me a little bit, and I don't want to I don't want to take away the spotlight of this, but it reminds me a little bit of what Hayden Hurst did last year yep. uh, with the mental uh, mental, health. mental health. Yeah. So um, and uh, so it, it's. Things like that, it's they need to stop being stigmatized. So um, I think it's it's a good thing. Um, I'm I'm you know I'm going on with my day, but it'll help other people. I think so. And I think at the end of the day, the reason why it's such a big story is because people look at athletes, but football players, mm-hmm. and I think a different vantage point because you see them out there, they're tough, they're rugged, they're uh, yeah. you know they're sweating, you know they they supposed to be the toughest and strongest guys. Mm-hmm. And they're not looked at as these emotional guys or these guys who uh, are are sensitive to certain things. And for a car to come out and have this kind of announcement, mm-hmm. people are kind of like, oh, wow, you know, guys are can be emotional. They can be, you know, whatever it may be. So uh, big props to Carl, man. Obviously, he I got a lot of he got a lot of uh, feedback from a lot of people around mm-hmm. the country. Obviously, his quarterback, Derek Carr, uh, said he reached out to him immediately, told him he loved him. Uh, actually, President Biden said uh, some uh, on Twitter about he's so proud of his courage because of you countless kids around yeah. the world are seeing themselves in a new light today. Let me ask you a question. Um, and and you're, you're a grown man now, but put yourself back when you're 22, 23, 24 years old. You're playing in the NFL. You're in an NFL locker room. I got a two-part question. One, how would you as a young, you know, you're not, you're not that young anymore. You know what I mean? You've, you've matured just like right. we all do when you get older. Right. How would you have felt? Uh, how would you have felt back then, knowing that? And let me ask you a question: Did you ever know of anyone that was in your locker room that was gay? I actually did, and to be honest, um, you did. I did. I did, okay. and it wasn't something that was even broadcasted. It was just something that you knew. Um, he didn't make an announcement about it. He didn't tell anybody about it. But I knew, and it wasn't one of those situations that you know, I think he felt comfortable coming out or telling people about, but I knew, and, you know, I respected him for it. I didn't look at him any differently. Uh, he was a bigger guy than me. He mm-hmm. was a stronger guy than me. He was a guy who I always looked at as a fearless guy. So that never changed. Um, 
I want to be clear. I'm not going to ask you to identify him, but I want to be clear about that first. Did everybody on the team know, or did you just ha- somehow find out? No, everybody did not know. Um, okay. And I think only a few people knew. People, I guess people who were really close to him knew. Um, uh-huh. Maybe people suspected, but it wasn't something that was talked about or, you know, people brought up. And it mm. wasn't just that big of a story. Um, yeah. Well, I, but, that's how I feel. Yeah. But for me, I didn't look at him any other kind of way. Um, yeah. He did his job. Uh, he did everything he was supposed to. The guy just, he, he lives a different life than I do. And that yeah. doesn't mean he's better or worse. It just means, hey, everybody has a different thing in their life going on. Whether it's you being gay, whether it's being uh, you don't like going to strip clubs. I mean, everybody likes doing different things. And it is some people, day, some care. people, yeah, some people bowl. Some yeah. people like to bowl, man. Well, and then so that's, that's okay too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't care. It wasn't a big thing to me. So, uh, you know, shout out to Carl. It wasn't a big deal uh, for me. I'm glad that he's using this platform though. If it does sure. help people help kids, mm-hmm. uh, then, or help people who are going through similar situations, they great, man. Cause obviously People are struggling. People yeah. care about what other people think. And that's just the reality of our situation. This is the reality of our society is a lot of how we're looked at depends on other people. So, yeah. uh, you know, shout out to him for having the courage to come out and help. Hopefully it helps a lot of other people who may be going through this or struggling through it. So uh, big news for Carl Nassib and a lot of people getting support from him. Other news running that fail, a man, Eli Manning. Eli Manning is back in the news, but he's back in the news for a different reason. He rejoins the New York Giants in business operations and the fan engagement role. Here's what Eli had to say. I'm willing to do anything, but I'm focused on the business side with corporate partners and on community relations, which was also so important to me while I was playing here. And it's something I place a high priority on throughout my life, Manning said. I'm looking forward to seeing where I can make the most impact in helping the Giants achieve their business and community goals. Thoughts on Eli coming back to the franchise that uh, was so good to him. Well, Archie Manning has raised some business savvy guys, right? And right. they're 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 pretty smart. Uh, Eli doesn't have the person, and I'm thinking about the fan experience here. Eli doesn't have the personality that Peyton does at all. But I mean, I think I think the 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 lesson to take here is. How, let me ask you a question: How much you think he's making for this job? You think it's seven figures? Yeah, I mean it's gotta be worth sure. it. got to okay. be worth it for him to come out of retirement. For sure. Or to give so, his time, you know. Yeah, so Not he's gonna be making he's gonna be making appearances. He'll go to the games oh, no and doubt. all this stuff. And uh, you know, the, the lesson to be learned here is you you win two Super Bowls, uh, you pretty much have got a job for life and with a you know, with a blank check for the most part. No doubt. And that's the way it is. I mean, you live in a place like New York where the market is huge, and Eli was a guy who, you know, was polarizing at times. Everybody knows this. A uh, particular personality uh, uh, is a little different, but hey, Eli is who he is, and now he's coming back to help that franchise in more ways than one. And that's what you kind of want as a as a former player. You want to be able to to have life after ball, and now he's able to do that uh, going forward. All right, stay tuned. We got my man Takio coming up here in about five minutes. Last piece of news here is the the NBA draft lottery happened uh, just last night, and the Pistons got the top pick. Uh, the Rockets get number two. Following them was the Cavs, the Raptors, Orlando, OKC, Warriors, Kings, and New Orleans. And a lot of people think that first pick is going to be Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State. Guard, protected number one. And this guy came out and said he's only taking one visit 
and that's to the Pistons. The I know. Pistons, the Pistons haven't had that first pick since drafting Hall of Fame center Bob Lanier out of St. Bonaventure in 1970. So the Pistons are pretty hyped about it. And uh, Kay Cunningham seems to believe, hey, there's no doubt about it. I'm going number one. Yeah, I didn't know if you were going to mention that. And when you said a lot of people think he's going to go number one, I was going to say, well, evidently the person most confident he's going number one is himself. <laughs> Dude, believe in himself. That's all that matters, man. So, hey, shout out to them. Detroit getting that first pick. Uh, I saw uh, Big Ben Wallace. Big Ben Wallace was representing uh, Detroit uh, when they got the number on all pick. I remember Big Ben Wallace was a, a factor in the middle mm-hmm. oh, of yeah. the lineup. Hey, let let me, I'm just looking at a mock draft here. Um, Two out of the five top picks. So you got, you know, Kate Cunningham from Oklahoma State, Evan Mobley from USC. Then they got a couple guys from the G League. Are these guys that, these are the guys that opted not to go to college and went to the G League? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they still wanted to play some ball. I think that was part of it. They still, maybe the college wasn't playing or maybe, you know, they just felt they wanted to go get experience. So, yeah. So it's they, like the alternative. It's like, okay, I can go play, but not have to go to class, basically. True, basically true. getting around the, the high school, you know, not being able to get drafted at a high school. Interesting. I see I see several of them sprinkled through here. Yeah. So, hey, man, they, they got some league experience now already. They know what it's like to play with dudes that's in the league. So, yeah. we'll see, man. It's going yeah. to be fun to see what happens, man. <clears throat> My man, Takeo Spikes, is coming up next. And if you ever seen Takeo, he's got one of the biggest necks you ever seen in all of the world. I make sure I bring that up to him. But nah, man, good friend. Uh, looking forward to talking to Spikes on a bunch of different topics. And we're going to get his take on his whole entire career from Auburn all the way through the league into what he's got going on now. My man Takeo Spikes joining the Triple Threat Podcast coming up next. All right, welcome back to the Triple Threat Podcast. And without further ado, I told y'all he was coming on. I told you he was going to be here, and he has graced us with his presence. I allow y'all to introduce my man, Takeo Gerard. Spikes to the building. Look at at him cheesing. Spikes, what up, bro? (laughs) I got to let the people know who they talking to, man. So I got to let them know Gerard in the building. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that boy fancy G Rod. Everybody, when you see Gerard in the streets, make sure y'all highlight him right here. My man Spice. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, man, we appreciate you joining us, man. Spikes, you obviously is, you are a busy man. Got a lot going on. If anybody uh, knows you or follows you on IG, they know you stay out. They stay stay doing stuff, which is always uh, good. But we appreciate having a, the Hall of Fame nominee for one, man. Congrats on that. Uh, obviously, uh, story career. Uh, did it for a long time. Obviously, played at the highest levels. Uh, played with some of the best to ever do it. Uh, but congrats on that first off, man, bro. First off, before we get into anything, 
How's life? How you doing? How's the fam? Everybody healthy throughout the whole pandemic? Yeah, man. I, I, you know, I think everybody was touched and affected by the pandemic, bro. So I appreciate yeah. you asking. I was unfortunately, I lost an aunt earlier in the year mm. due to COVID. And then also, um, you know, I was fortunate enough, blessed that my mother caught it and she was able to fight through. So, yeah. you know, man, like it, it, it gave me another perspective. And I think that's no the doubt. beautiful thing when you look at life and as you get older, like you understand a different perspective and it gives you a greater appreciation for everything, man. So we rocking and rolling on this side, man, you know, so no, no complaints, bro. Yeah, I hear you, man. I, I know all about it. My my dad caught it. My sister got it. But, you know, like you said, by the grace of God, man, they got through it and everybody's good. Sorry to hear about your aunt, man. Uh, I know, obviously, these are tough times and everybody's finding a way to get through it. Uh, mm -hmm. But obviously, you're a blessed man and glad to to have you on, man. Obviously, uh, you did a lot college level. They did a lot on the pro level. We started at good old Washington County High School where a oh. lot of a lot of great yeah, Waco, baby. That. That's the sound of them Golden Hawks down there. Uh, I, remember, I remember my dad brought me down there to watch y'all boys play one year, and I swear y'all look like a college team in high school. Uh, but talk about those high school days, how, how they helped mold you into the dude you are today. Uh, what about those high school days, man, you remember uh, that, that really kind of stood out for you? Bro, I, I'll be the first one to tell you, like, we both played the game at the highest level and there's nothing like Friday night football. No doubt. And to, to make even more of an exception, there's nothing like Friday night football in the state of Georgia. Mm. And so for me, man, I, I think that's what really gave me the, it really kind of, that, that was my foundation. You know, I was fortunate enough to have great coaches to come in and the coaching staff that we had assembled, you know, you had one guy who was, okay, I'm, I'm the technical guy. I'll be able to put y'all in the right place as far as schematics. Mm -hmm. We had a motivator. We had another guy who would just simply tell you the truth, regardless of however it felt. He then we also way. had a guy who would just, just mother F you the whole day. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I, you know, the one thing I can say, man, looking back at my days from Waco, Washington County, is it's truly my foundation. It was where I learned how to work. Yeah. It was also a place to where, you know, I first learned like what you put in is exactly what you're going to get out. No doubt. And so from seeing that, bro, like it really gave me belief. That's where my faith really became faith mm. into outworking somebody. And then you take into the equation that even if you are a little bit more talented, imagine if you worked a little harder. So I got an opportunity to see all of that from one of your fellow um, alumni, Robert Edwards, mm -hmm. who went to Georgia. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, seeing all of that, bro, like that, that's really what shaped and molded me. Spice, you know what I love, man? I love the fact you you talked about that being your foundation because a lot of people will look at you and say, oh man, this dude's really successful. He played in NFL, he played at the highest level at Auburn but people forget about where you come from. And the fact yeah. that you still bring that part up, I think a lot of people get from that. A lot of people look at it like this dude obviously had to work hard at Auburn. He had to work hard he's in the league, but it took when he was in high school, it took these coaches that, you know, they put that instead, they put into you and instilled it that, hey, this dude can get it done and you got it done. 
Uh, obviously, uh, I got to brag on you, man. You were high school All-American. Uh, you was Mr. Football in Georgia your senior year, player of the year uh, your senior year, and had opportunity to go to a lot of different schools uh, around the country. Uh, but what about Auburn did it for you? Because obviously you a Georgia boy. People are like, how does this dude not go to the University of Georgia? He head down to the Plains. Like, what was it about Auburn that sealed it for you to say, all right, this is the place where I need to be? Bro, it's, it's, it's a great question that I don't get asked enough. It simply came down to, I remember going to Auburn, and I had Robert at UGA. Mm-hmm. I had Demetrio Stevens at Florida State. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, what's next? And for me, I actually committed to FSU. But what really turned it over for me was to be able to go to Auburn and to see these cats winning 9-1-1, going 11-0. and mm-hmm. And it's like, who is that dog on the defensive side? Who is that dude? And, bro, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> and, it, and it was like they were just playing so much great defense. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to let my dog at Florida State have his podium. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let Robert have his. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go make a name for myself at Auburn. And so I was like, I'm going to be that guy. When they talk about defense, I'm going to be the guy at Auburn who holds that title. And so yeah. that was like really the thought process behind it and like how it all came together in the end. Man, you know what's crazy? Uh, I don't think I ever told you this story. I remember as like a – High school junior or senior, uh, you guys were playing Georgia in Georgia. And uh, I was obviously at a game on a visit. And I remember being on the field, you know, recruits on the field. And you the first one out the tunnel. And I'm standing there. And you the first one come out, you yelling. You got the big collar on. The cowboy like, collar. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, hold on. These the type of dudes that I'm finna have to play again? I said, I had to rethink it because I saw you run out there. I said, that dude there is big, he fast, and he is a dog. I was watching, I was like, man, this dude here is next level. Obviously, I knew you from the Washington County days with Robert and, you know, uh, obviously Terrence and all them. And I was like, man, this dude here is different. So watching you guys, I think you absolutely changed what people thought of Auburn's defenses in those days. Um what about those times in college that you had to overcome? Because obviously there are things that were good. You played well. You did good things on the field. But obviously there were times where things weren't going your way. How did you manage those opportunities? How did you manage those situations to get through the tough times, not just the good time? Man, it was – Bray, is it... that's... that's a good question. <laughs> and it's such a good question because – I remember, all right, so this is me, dog. Like, I was no dummy at all. Mm-hmm. And, but I just didn't like going to school. So, <laughs> like, a tough time really came to me to where I was like, all right, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to go to school, you know, do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I did a little bit more than how you guys do at UGA. That means y'all whoa. do a little bit more just to y'all just stay eligible over there. Whoa, but I whoa, did a little whoa, bit better whoa. than that. <laughs> That's what we ain't going to do. We ain't going to come over here and throw shots at my boys. No, you know, we always, you know, we jab each other, bro. But no doubt, no doubt. No, nah, man, it was, you know what? One of the toughest times I had was 
you understand that you are up under the scholarship and they pay for everything when you're in school. But when summertime hits, if you're not enrolled in class, you got to get your butt up out the dorm. You got to right. go find somewhere to stay. Right. And I wasn't making no money like that. So it was like, damn. So, you know, one tough time, I remember the first summer, I was like, man, I'm not going to school. Like, shit, I've been going to school the whole time and, uh, and I'm tired. I want to take a break, especially playing football. So they were like, well, we don't care. Like, you can't stay in the dorm. <laughs> You're not eligible for any grants or anything. So you, you can't go out and purchase an apartment. Right. And so what I ended up doing, I had, I ended up staying, man. <sighs> I stayed with this chick, dog. <laughs> bro, I stayed with this chick for the summer, right? Do what you got to do, bro. You do what you got to do. No doubt. And, and no bro, doubt. like, she was, I remember it was a tough time because I had to work also. I worked for Coca-Cola. Okay. So I remember getting up every morning at like five o'clock, bro. And I had to be at the plant ready to move out at like six and start delivering, you know, drinks and everything. But yeah. I would stay from like, no, I would get up at 430, be there at 530. And I would stay all the way until one. And then I would go work out after the team was done. Mm -hmm. And it, it got to the point to where it became so stressful simply because the young lady who I was staying with, she would always ask me, well, what time you coming back? You got to go work out again? You know how it is. No doubt. Hey, no doubt. every dude can relate to this. Like, she was, like yeah. she was time management, man. And so <laughs> it became so stressful, bro. Like I broke out in like, like hives, dog. Just be, And I really didn't know. But yeah. the bottom line is this, dog. What really made me like turn it over was that's when I realized like, you got to make a commitment if you want to be great. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling her from that day, I don't know where I'm going to go, but she didn't think I would go anywhere. Mm -hmm. I was like, you can't put a time on greatness and I'm right. going to be great. So don't put a time on me. I and she it. told me and she said, well, if you can't put a time on greatness, then you need to put a time on when you're coming back. I say, I'm going to put a time on when I'm leaving right now. I'm going to stay with my homeboys for the uh, summer and I'm sleeping on the damn couch. That might be the why my damn back jacked up right now. You know what, man? I love that, though, because there are dudes, we got people who listen to the, we got kids who listen to the podcast who are going through the same stuff in college that you're going through. And I love the fact that you kept it real about, hey, look, I wasn't the real guy who loved school. I wasn't the student guy. I was the guy that loved to do it, but I knew I had to get it done. I knew if I wanted to be great, I had to do certain things. So I appreciate you being honest about that because there are a lot of kids today who are in that situation and they're trying to find their way. So yep. uh, obviously that's a uh, that's something that a lot of kids I know can learn from. I know a lot of people can learn from that sometimes the situation ain't great. Sometimes you got to do stuff you don't want to do. But uh, yeah, that's what it's about, bro. It's like <laughs> it's, it's doing things that you don't want to do. Like, imagine this, bro. If you wake up every day and how hard is it to do stuff that's like what you're supposed to do? Right. Like, that's easy. Like anybody yeah. would feel like doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right. But the, the, the true separation to where you really get an advantage is. I would always look and just see how certain people react. I would look and see how your body mannerisms are whenever somebody gives you something and you knew it was a tough task. And if I saw a kink in your armor, meaning 
oh, he's not going to exert a lot of effort. He's not going to put a lot of attention to detail. That's when I knew mm-hmm. I can I get you. you. I and that's I made a living off of it, bro. I mm-hmm. made a living off of it. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, it speaks to why, you know, you play double digit le- years in the National Football League. I mean, dudes who got that kind of work, they got that kind of mindset. They don't make it that many years unless you had it. So uh, obviously you had that from. Uh, a youngin all the way up to now. And obviously, we're talking about Auburn. I would love to get your thoughts on, obviously, you guys got a new head coach down there. Uh, I know you love your alma mater. I know you guys, you ride with them. Uh, expectations for this Auburn team, expectations for a new head coach, Brian Harson. Uh, wh- what do you think is the future for your, your Auburn Tigers, your War Eagle people, your boys? Beat Georgia. That's the only damage. I sent the it's note down to Brian Harson. I say, good. Coach Harson, it ain't too many games you got to win, but we got to goddamn, we got to establish the state line back to where it needs to be now. I did not oh. realize y'all been putting us on y'all lap for so many years, bro. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's turning not even to a rivalry no more. You know what I'm saying? So it's hey, settle down. <laughs> hey, hey, but who is, when you play, who is your biggest rival? Obviously, you guys down the road. Alabama is, you know, I know y'all hate them even more than anybody else. Is, is it Alabama, then Georgia? Or like, how does that rivalry go for you guys? And let me tell you. So, the rivalry is like this. If you're born in the state of Alabama, uh-huh. you, you hate Alabama. Right. Like, Auburn, you got to pick and choose. Right. If you come from the state of Georgia into this rivalry, right. your biggest rivalry, which is the oldest Southern game match yeah, in the okay. state, not in the state, but in the South. Right. The oldest rivalry in the South is Georgia versus Auburn. So for me, my Iron Bowl game, because I did not know the magnitude of the Iron Bowl, was when I when we played UGA. And then you yeah. got to think about it too, you know, for people out there listening, like everybody on UGA's team, I either I either went to high school. Or we played against each other in high school or we played in an all-star game together. So, like, it's always like I want to one-up you. You know what I mean? So it's that that constant competition. And so for us, it was important for the guys who were from the state of Georgia is to be like, you know what? I know y'all think I made a mistake. The only way that I can prove to you that I didn't make a mistake is to get that dub. Get that dub between the edges. (laughs) Tear the hedges off, <laughs> put it in your mouth like it's like you're going to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> hey, what was it like playing against dudes when you went to high school like Robert? I mean, like I, I I've seen the picture of Robert trying to go over the top and you right there. I mean, it's one of the most iconic pictures for sure that people I, I see it all the time, even today. You know, with that game is one of the one picture you see with both of y'all coming like that. What was that rivalry like playing against Robert, playing against dudes that you know like that? Bro, like Robert was the top dog. Yeah. And I've never seen it was the first time I had an opportunity to see what greatness was before it was labeled as greatness. Yeah. And the guy played everything in high school, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, cornerback, set everything. So for me, when when to 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 go up against Robert, even when he was at UGA, it was it wasn't just a game. It was mm-hmm. personal. Yeah. And I knew we both had vested interests. Everybody looked at Robert as, you know, from the crib, like he's that guy. Mm -hmm. And when you have a younger guy who comes up in the footsteps, 
it was like, nah, I'm trying to take this throne from you. <laughs> and so like playing against Rob, man, it was, I, I remember the game when y'all beat Florida the week before and mm -hmm. y'all was, I want to say y'all was ranked in the top five after that. Mm -hmm. Clear, clear cut winner to go to the SEC championship game. But what happened was we came in on a night game, ESPN, <laughs> first play of the game. I rem you know, everybody was talking about Robert versus Takiyo, this and that. Mm -hmm. Man, I came in, hit Rob for a five-yard loss on the first play of the game. And from that game, bro, we, we went in there, and I want to say we beat y'all maybe like 30-something to 14 or something, maybe something like that. But, like, that was my defining moment to where I truly could say, and at that time I was a junior, so I didn't know I was leaving school, right. but that was the time to where I knew, all right, y'all can't say nothing, shut up, don't, be talking, don't you even dare come over here and fix your mouth to even talk about UGA, uh, because I uh, got the best of y'all this time. Nah, no doubt, it's always good to have that, uh, the, the, the bragging rights one once you leave. And, oh yeah. Uh, you're talking about leaving, obviously you, you guys go to the SC Championship, uh, end up beating Tennessee 30-29 that year, beat Peyton Manning uh, in the SC Championship game. Um, lost and, Well, we lost to him by one point. Yeah, right. But yeah, the, yeah. That year, you had 136 tackles. Spike, you all over the field. I mean, you were tackling machine. But you decided to leave. Obviously, you get drafted 13th overall, Cincinnati Bengals. What was that experience like? Because I, I love to tell people and, and ask people about this experience because not everybody can have this type of experience. People watch it on TV. People see it every year. But nobody is actually – everybody doesn't have the opportunity to do this. What was that experience like? Not just for you, but there were a lot of people, your family, who celebrated this win for you. What was that experience like for you? Unbelievable. Man, it's, it's – What's I need a little help from me. What's the name of that show that used to come on TBS back in the day where the, the country family moved to the city? Um, Scotty D. You know what it is, Scotty D? Beverly Hillbillies. The Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> that's what it was. Scotty D knew exactly what it was. Dog, so that's, that's what y'all want, bro. Y'all hey, the country bumpkins moving. Listen, I didn't go to the draft back then. They only <laughs> tried to pick the top five picks. Right. I was pick 13. So I had my draft party in San Francisco at Planet Hollywood. Ooh. So this was like the first time my family, hell, it might have been the first time my my pops got on the plane. Oh, man. But we all came out to San Fran. And, bro, it was one of the greatest experiences of all time. Closed down the restaurant. You got people yelling my name who, who's not even familiar with this Southerner on the West Coast. Yeah. And man, when the commissioner called my name, bro, it was like, it was gratification. It was what you do in private will be displayed in public. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the feeling that I felt of knowing of all of the long hours, knowing, knowing all of the sacrifices. I remember guys saying, go to parties. I wouldn't do it because I wanted to stay laser focused. And, um, that experience was awesome, man. And then, then going inside of a locker room with the Cincinnati Bengals, I still remember, I think the first preseason game I actually played in was against the Atlanta Falcons. Really? And wow. We came to Atlanta to the Georgia Dome. And, bro, I remember I didn't even know. I came, I kind of hung I, – I, not hung out late, but um, held out mm -hmm. from a contract. 
So I came hey, you, in. You, you, you're you a Todd. I always trying to get that break. Hey, <laughs> I felt I was late, right? So <laughs> I really didn't know, like, second nature what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. So when I played against the Falcons in the preseason, it was see ball, get ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, man, I could I ain't even get a tackle. I only played, you know, the first preseason <laughs> game. I played a quarter. And so I was thinking, walking away from that game, <laughs> Lord, I cannot be a bust. Mm. Let me go in here and watch every film study that I need <laughs> because I, I can't be going out here one quarter and don't have a tackle. But right. a lot of that was a true reflection on what was put on the plate compared to what I could retain at the right. time. Man, you know what? Um Obviously, I know you pretty well. I went back and looked up some stuff that I didn't even realize. Um, and you talk about in that moment, your first preseason game, your mindset was, I don't want to be a bust. And I think this this next stat that I'm about to give speaks directly to how you changed that mindset. Um, for people who don't know, Spikes was a team captain 13 of his 15 years in the league. I think yeah. that speaks volumes of, not just the type of player you are, but the guy that you are. And I think if anybody follows you on IG, if anybody has ever met you, like, I don't know if there's a person you've been around that you haven't gotten along with. And I think to say that you've been a captain 13 of your 15 years says who you are as a person, the character that you're bringing, that people, <laughs> your teammates, the guys who we all know, being in the locker room, who you're around all the time, respect the hell out of you. What was it like, obviously, to be play for the Bengals, the Bills, the Eagles, the Chargers, but in all these locker rooms, you was that guy that had that C on your chest. What was that like to represent each of those organizations in that way? Bro, it was it was huge. First time I ever been asked about that. And to me, that it goes deeper. Like, that's a deep question that mm. most people would skim over. Mm. I had no idea until I really retired and I went back and looked at my resume and I was like, damn. So it ain't like you got the, I didn't play for one team for 15 years. Right. I played right. for five different teams. Right. My longest stint was in Cincinnati for five. So to walk in a new locker room and it instantly gain that respect, you know, you get that cred right off top. And you got to repeat and do it over and over again. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me to be able to do that within, a, a you know, 13 out of 15 seasons, man, it was remarkable. Now looking back on it, but it was truly a testimony of of what I believed in. Um, I was I was selfish, but I was very unselfish. Mm -hmm. And um, I always knew I don't care. I didn't necessarily care about the headline. I know if I win or we win, I win. Mm -hmm. And I know everybody will get some type of gratification from it when going into their next contract. So for me, I was more so like trying to stay on the visionary path status. And, and you know, and, and that's what really helped me garner that. You know, I came in and I would be quick to observe and see, okay, this is what the team is lacking. Mm -hmm. This is what they need. Mm -hmm. It didn't force me to be a chameleon. Mm -hmm. Because I'm I only who I am. I'm, I'm the person who I am. And I know I can't be that anybody else. Right. But what it did, it, it really saw to where I saw a gap of need and I knew I was good at it. And I inserted myself in that way. And then I think the last thing, bro, is like as a leader and as a captain, you know, more than anybody as a quarterback, bro, is you can't ask somebody to do something or expect them to do something if you ain't doing it yourself. 
For sure. And so that's how I led. I let my actions speak for themselves first. And then if I saw it needed to be addressed, I didn't mind talking to you after that because now <laughs> you, you messing with my money. Yeah, no doubt. Man, it's it's an unbelievable story. Um, the fact that, you know, you played that long at a position like that where every single play, the brute strength, the 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 fact you got to have some kind of contact with somebody every single play in the last that long. And I know you had the Achilles. I know you had to rotate the cuff. But to be able to last that long and play with some of the guys you played against, name some of the guys that obviously you shared a room with. Everybody knows like Patrick Willis. But what are some of the other guys that you played with that you look back and say, man, I shared the room or I shared the team with some 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 next level dudes? Oh, man. I Bro. <laughs> Willie Anderson, let me start with him first out of Cincinnati. You talk about a culture that was bad, horrible. And I walked into a locker room and did not know how to be a pro. Willie Anderson, which he will, I'm claiming that he will be inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, by the end of this year. He'll get the nod next year, I'm sorry. Uh, I think about Eric B. Enemy. Mm. I was, he was on that team when I got drafted wow. to Cincinnati. Wow. We know he's more than deserving of an opportunity at being a head coach no in the National Football League. I go on to, I think about Buffalo, best defense I ever played on. Mm. And, and listen to this, Pat Williams, mm-hmm. Sam Adams, Ooh, both all pro, yeah. Aaron Schobel, London no, like, Fletcher. No, you like big athlete. He kept kept them boys off. Oh, you, no. He kept me clean, bro. <laughs> like Lawyer Malloy, Antoine no. Winfield, no, Nate no. Clements, you know, wow. the Troy Vincent to be able to like it was an all-star studded defense. Then I got traded to Philly. And I think about playing with Donovan McNabb, like mm-hmm. one guy who really stands out, another Hall of Famer, Brian Dawkins. Mm-hmm. And so You know, and then moving on to I think about San Francisco and I I see that was out of all of the stops that I had. People ask me, what's the best place that I played football and city wise? I got to go San Fran. I, I, I met Patrick Willis there and that was the first time to where I actually had an opportunity. I heard about Patrick Willis, but you didn't really see him. Right. Because when you play on the West Coast, you playing the four o'clock game. No Four doubt. o'clock games get no love, even from NFL players. Right. <laughs> Unless if it's <laughs> no the doubt. game of the day. Yeah. And I say, this young boy right here is special. And I knew then I was like, I ain't concerned with this being my team. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assist him mm-hmm. and then we'll grow together. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, Alex Smith was on that team. It's amazing to see what he Jeremy wasn't now. at the time and what yeah. he's grown into, even though he just retired. Wow. And then I go, my last stop, I would probably say San Diego, like some of my best teammates who I played with. I think about Sean Phillips. I think about um, um, uh, Louis Vasquez, offensive yeah. lineman. I think about yeah. Philip Rivers. Yeah. Him and I, we still talk to this day. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Donald Butler, another young linebacker who I pulled up under my wing, man. I played with a lot of great dudes. Mm. But more than anything, they all had one thing in common, and it was the it was the desire to be great, and yeah. they were willing to be a dry sponge and absorb everything that I would give to them. Yeah, yeah, man, that's amazing. I mean, you, you, just thinking about some of those dudes you named, I remember watching. Obviously, 
a lot of Hall of Fame caliber type of dudes. Uh, I played with Law Dog in Atlanta, so I know what kind of energy Law Dog brought every week. I mean, it's 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 pretty cool to have that experience. I tell people all the time, it's nothing like that locker room and those guys you meet throughout those years. Uh, before, before we leave it, man, I, I want to give the people some of the numbers. Over 1,400 tackles, 29 sacks, 15 forced fumbles, nine picks. Spikes, you ain't got no hands like that. Get out of here. How many uh, picks? For, 19, Spike. I would have said 19. 19. <laughs> so, man, obviously a story career. Two-time pro bowler, first team all pro. I mean, did everything you want to do. Obviously, not being making the playoffs is something I know you get all the time. But I think the impact that you made throughout your career speaks volume more than uh, anything that happened going to the playoffs. And obviously, I know that was a big thing. But uh, you, you move and you live on. Uh, the next thing I, I, I want to get, get on to before we get you out of here, bro, obviously, is what you're doing now. Uh, obviously, you got to uh, – you're more than the helmet. You're more than uh, the game. Um, obviously, you got a real successful podcast. You see it right there behind the mask. You and, my, you and your boy – my boy, two-time. Uh, obviously, you guys been kicking it, going strong. Uh, but – you do a lot of good things, man. Hiking, golfing, photographer, author. I mean, you're multi-talented in the things that you do out of the game. What does the love for, like, hiking come from? Uh, obviously, us as athletes, we love golf because it's the closest thing we can get to being competitive. Uh, we see, I see you on the golf trips. I mean, you, you, you boys have a good time. Uh, but you got a book. I mean, talk about some of the things that you've done off the field, man, that's kind of elevated you, I think more than anything you've done on the field now that you're doing and you're even more successful than you when you when you left the game. Man, it it, it all it all starts with competition. Mm. I'll tell you this, I left school early as a junior. I remember my mother telling me, boy, you better take your ass back to school and get them papers. Yeah. And I remember looking at her saying, Ma, you go to school to make money. <laughs> we got money. So why should I go back to school? <laughs> And guess what I did in 2015? Got I that. decided to go back to school. I went back and got my undergrad degree That's from awesome. Auburn. That's awesome. And then being with Tuton, being around Carlos Simmons, as iron sharpens iron, we had a conversation. Hey, we see this program that's opening up at the University of Miami. It's a master's. We can get our MBA. Mm. Why not? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not finna sit up here and let y'all go get one if I don't go get one. So listen, I, I had no desire to go get it. <laughs> so I went back, bro, total life changing. Really? Because it really, like, I, I, I tell all the, we sleep on this, especially guys who play in professional sports, but I'm gonna be more specific in football. When you're in football, you gotta understand you're part of one of the biggest and best entities, not just in the U.S., but in the world. No doubt. No like, doubt. man, they they making money hand over fist, and you look at their bottom line, how, they're being, how they are able to increase their revenue year after year. Even through a pandemic, you're still increasing the bottom line. Crazy. And so the NBA really helped me to see the business side. Like, hey, you know, I know I'm a businessman, but then it made me realize, like Jay-Z said, I'm I am business a business man. man. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. It, it put it into perspective, bro. So from that, I was like, I'm going to share my story. 
I want to share my story of what I went through. You talked about playing as long as I did, not having an opportunity to win a ring, go to the playoffs. So I put it in my book. I say, I'm going to create this book behind the mask. Shameless plug. Boom, right here. Plug it, bro. Plug it. And so no doubt. I created this photography coffee table book with some of the greatest linebackers that played the game. And I simply got them sharing their story. How did they become great? What made them an outlier? And I got a guy from out of the 50s, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way up into modern day. And I tied all of it together. And so that book was a success. I was getting ready to create volume two. The pandemic happened. So ain't nobody trying to get no interviews when this pandemic. <laughs> and uh, and so, man, from so from that, that spin off into I, I got to find a better way to utilize the time. So I created the Behind the Mask podcast. And and so now from the podcast, I've created Behind the Mask Media mm. and, and with hopes of and, and really gelling towards creating a platform what you know people think what is behind the mask what is it talking about you know it's not just a football player it's not just athletes it's people with status celebrities who have great stories we Mm -hmm. talked about how special the locker room is Mm -hmm. that's what behind the mask podcast is about we talk about social issues we talk Mm -hmm. about fatherhood Mm -hmm. we talk about relationship issues we talk about the brotherhood of what it's like to play in the game and what is it like to be able to get out of the game and and how can you seek help it's a way that encompasses everything to encourage other people who are struggling other people who are going through things and to let them know you and I are no different. Yeah. DJ Shockley and Takeo Spikes is no different than the next person walking around in the neighborhood. Yeah. It's all about choices, decisions, mm-hmm. and understanding it's a consequence, whether or not if it's good or bad from the choices and the decisions that you make. And so that's how we tie all of this together. The whole goal of it is to bring other guys on to produce their podcast to produce documentaries, which we are in the works at working on doing, man. So I stay busy, bro. I'll be honest with you. I feel like I'm more busier now than when I was when I was playing the game. So it. sometimes I got to hit the brake sometimes, bro. Yeah, I love it, man. You know what? I, I, I think if people are listening to this podcast right now, they never heard you speak or didn't know your story. I think they have to be a fan of the man that you are. Obviously, everybody can be a fan of the player, but the man that you have turned into, the way you have used your platform to make it better for everybody, and then you can continue to grow, and the way that you can eloquently put it, I think is something that I think people love. Uh, Obviously, you've been in the media, you've done it, but now you've taken this platform to a whole new level, and you've extended it out. Uh, Obviously, it's something that... uh, you know, you, you've been really successful at, man. I salute you for what you've done. I salute you what you're go, going to do. And then just opening these doors for everybody, man, because it's, 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 it's not every day that guys of your stature get the chance to do this for other guys. And obviously, you have a big platform. You can do this and you can do that. But the fact that you're looking to build up other guys, build up other people, and it's not just related to just sports. And I think that's one thing that I try to tell people, too, is I'm more than what you just saw on the field. Yes, I'm you more are more than just a guy who threw touchdowns. Like I can be in any setting and I can be okay. And I think the fact that you link it all back to not just football, Huge. but you link it back to people <laughs> in everyday life and people can relate to it. So it's, it's cool to see it come, you know, full circle like that, man. Uh, the, the the last thing I want to, to, to hit on, obviously is your family, man. You uh, obviously a, a family man. I, I see 
uh, obviously how happy you are with things that are going on with your kids, all that kind of stuff. Just kind of, I want you to brag on your family here for a minute before we let you go uh, and just, you know, talk about how proud you are of them. Oh man, I'm, I'm very proud, bro. If, if, if you follow me, like you will see it. Like I got, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about yeah. the fan, bro, because I, I never would have become the man who I am if it wasn't for their support. I got two older brothers. A lot of people don't realize that. They don't like to be on IG too much, but I put them on there every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, great supporting cast, man. Um, my oldest brother, Irvin, Eric, you know, I, it, it, it just doesn't, like, I'm speechless because of their support. They never hound me. You know what I mean? And I, right. I think a lot of that has to do with my father, how he raised all of us. And and it's all about having principles and having a standard. And uh, we all adapt to that. I look at my my sister and um, recently that was one I remember me and you talked about a couple of years ago. She got a Ph.D. in nursing um, with a focus on health discrepancies amongst women of color. Mm-hmm. And she got that from Emory. Mm. And so now, like she's being published in magazines and just to see her grow, turn into the lady that she always wanted to be. It's 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 quite uh, it's quite entertaining, but it's enlightening, too, also. Um, And then I want to say the matriarch of the family, my mother, like she is Instagram material, like (laughs) she she loves a camera when it gets in her face. She try to act Uh. like she doesn't. But she gives everybody hell, and I, I and then Scotty, like, Scotty, let me tell you that Spice will just put the camera on her, and he and she'll just be like, "The camera on my face, boy." I mean, like she she'll be on it, bro. She hot. It's 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 comedy gold now. It is, man. And then um, the other part is is my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's eighteen years old, and uh, she's a was upcoming sophomore now, going to Auburn. Nice. And so. Um, to be able to see the growth in her, um, I remember my, I remember my mother telling me, she was like, "Well, I look at all of y'all, all my kids, and sometimes you just don't know what you're raising. You just hope for the best, <laughs> you know." And so I, I hear that and I see it with my daughter. You know, it's a disconnect just because she's a girl and I'm a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't relate to a lot of the things and I'll be the first one to tell you. Mm-hmm. And I try to make her relate to my stuff, but she can't relate. Right. But it's it's cool to see how we can find a common ground and to actually see her grow up. You yeah. know, you know, how little girls think they know every damn thing anyway. No doubt. No doubt. But, I got one. Lamp. Got one. Yeah. yeah. Hey, get ready, buddy. Put your seat <laughs> on. But, <laughs> but to see her grow, dog, is is. Yeah. It's one of the most gratifying things to spend Father's Day with her. I never would have thought I would be just happy sitting down watching TV with my daughter. That's cool. And that's, that's cool. I mean, that's, I, I, that's and cool. that's simple. That's and I'm cool. simple. Hey, hey, man, ain't nothing wrong with that. I love it, man. Uh, I know I said last thing, but me and Scotty D both from the A-Town. You love the A-Town. Uh, We've been uh, at Hawks games together. Uh, Scotty, what you don't know is my dog, he don't sit nowhere but on the flow. Uh, obviously, our Hawks is uh, in these Eastern Conference finals. Take it over, yes. Milwaukee. Uh, talk about how proud of y'all the home team, man. Obviously, because I see you. You're at the Hawks game. I see you. I'm up in the, up in the suite a little bit, but you on that flow. 
uh, getting that close action all the time. But uh, talk about them Hawks, man. Tell me what you love about them Hawks and Ice Trade game. Listen, man, Ice Trade game, bro. Listen, <laughs> I've been a season ticket holder for damn near over 10 years. <laughs> I let them go for a couple of years, but I'm, I'm finally back now. But I'll tell you, man, it's Atlanta is that much better when the Hawks are relevant. For sure. Right? So to have the opportunity to – like summertime is dead. And I really – I came to the, to the fact to know that life is much better when sports is around. And when we're playing, making a deep playoff run in the month of June as a basketball, as the NBA, Correct. man, that's unheard of. So right. I got to go and support them boys. And I'm going to rub it in everybody's face. <laughs> I had Chris Broussard on my show a few months ago. <laughs> and I was like, all right, CB, I need to know, do the Hawks have a chance? He was like, no. He was like, oh. they don't have a chance. So uh. now I'm going to put him back on, <laughs> yeah. replay the clip, because uh. he felt like he told Tuton to go with Brooklyn, yeah. but he did not address the Hawks, and we going to put these guys up on a pedestal. Shout out to Nate McMillan. He's done a wonderful job since he's For taken sure. over as the head coach. All of the players have been responding to him, man. And, the, you know, one guy who really doesn't get a lot of credit, and I think the world was introduced to him, John Collins when he dunked all over Embiid and, and, and put all of his hips and that everything all in his face. Nasty. Like, this dude is, he's mangy. And that's the reason, dress code is nasty, but it's okay. <laughs> we can work on that. But I'm a fan of John Collins, and we got to keep him. I just feel like whenever you have a team that goes to the playoffs deep into the finals, that means if he doesn't come back, you're replacing him with somebody better. And I don't see that right now. So mm -hmm. I would like to see the, see the ownership keep the team, the nucleus of the team together. Let's add a few more additions, you know, maybe another presence down low, another two guard or something. But no, three, a small forward. But if we can do that and continue doing that, I think we're going to be all right, man. Well, Spice, we're good, man, because, uh, you know, you, you can pay him that, that max, you know, contract he want out of, uh, out of your left pocket, so uh, everything could be cool, man. You can give J.C. all that, that max money that he want. Well, I can give him all the max money that comes out of my Monopoly game, and we can have a good deal. <laughs> but other than that, he'll uh, else get better. <laughs> hey, man, Spice, man, on the real, man, on a serious note, I want to thank you, bro. Um if anybody wants to spot to follow Spikes uh, at Instagram or at Takeo Spikes 51, also follow the podcast at the BTM podcast. Make sure y'all check him out, man. He got a lot of good things going on. You see, he got guests like Chris Bassard and Ed Reed. I mean, he got all kind of uh, people come on to the show, man. Make sure y'all check him out. Uh, he got a lot of good stuff going on. But on a serious note, I appreciate you, bro. I've always respected you. Uh, obviously, uh, playing the game, knowing you're from Georgia, knowing you're from your time in high school, all the way through. Uh, but just listening to your story, listening to how you presented it and what you're doing now, uh, the respect level has grown even more. So I appreciate you taking the time, man. I appreciate you taking a moment to speak to our audience. Um, oh, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people will get a lot of great stuff. You dropped a lot of good gems uh, on the people today. So uh, we love you here on the Triple Three Podcast, bro. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, obviously, physically, you look well. Mentally, you sound well. Uh, we just wish you all the best going forward, bro. And we hope everybody continues to support and we appreciate you. Oh, no doubt, bro. I appreciate the opportunity to share my story mm -hmm. with you. And I, I, I'll tell you this, this is one of the strongest things that I heard you say now. I've, we've always had great admiration for each other. 
But I, I felt that when you said, like, you look at me, I, you could put me around anybody in any setting and I'll be able to thrive. No doubt. And that's the thing that I appreciate about you. You keep evolving. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people need to understand is like, yeah, we can like you want to measure impact by wins and losses. We get into the habit of measuring impact by the type of how many championship rings that you won. Right. But at the end of the day, what I appreciate about you, you see the bigger picture by measuring impact by the people, people. that you touch. All day. Little kids who want to be the DJ Shockley, the kids who want to be the quarterback at UGA, the little black kids who were always told, well, if you can't throw the ball like Tom Brady, then you won't be able to have a chance. No and there ain't nothing wrong with throwing the ball like Tom Brady. I wish no. I could. <laughs> but you, hey, you provide hope, my friend, and I no. appreciate that, family. Man, I appreciate that, man. I, I appreciate the words. Obviously, coming from you, it means a lot. Uh, so I, I am truly humbled and blessed, man. Uh, we want to thank my man Takeo for coming on the Triple Threat Podcast today. Make sure y'all follow, man. At Takeo yeah. Spikes 51, BTM Podcast is live in the living color all the time. Y'all can find him. And uh, you just want to see good times. He is my dude to follow, man. We Dropping him my- every week, baby. <laughs> we appreciate y'all joining us here on the Triple Threat Podcast. I'm DJ Shockley for my man Scotty D and my man Michael Gerard. Spikes Girard. <laughs> we'll holler at y'all next week. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.